Welcome to season two of Sorting Pen, the California Cattlemen's podcast. Every day, the California Cattlemen's Association is sorting through the issues impacting California's ranching families and producers. To communicate those issues, discuss solutions, and keep ranchers current on the hot topics, CCA leadership developed this podcast. All right, well, welcome back to another episode of Sorting Pen. Thanks for joining us. Hope you had a great Memorial Day. Uh, we just wrapped up our feeder meeting. We're down in San Diego. Joining me today, I have Trevor Freitas. Trevor is the immediate past council chair, and then he's also a second vice president for CCA. Um, with me, I also have Jesse Larios, who is the outgoing chair for the feeder council. So thanks for joining me, both of you. Great. Thank you for having us. Jesse, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and then we can have Trevor introduce himself? You bet. You bet. Hi. Welcome, everybody. Thank you. Jesse Larios. I'm from the Imperial Valley, Brawley, California. Cattle feeder currently. I am a consultant on the feed yard industry. Also, I broker a lot of cattle coming in from Mexico and also um, with uh, Central Stockyards uh, facilitating the exchange or the sale of uh, live cattle. Trevor Freitas. I'm a producer from Tulare County primarily raising dairy calves, um, beef on dairy and Holstein calves. That's our main business. We feed cattle um, a couple different yards in Imperial and back in Colorado. So kind of cover the industry as a, as a whole with what we do. So we're down, like I said, right now we're in San Diego. Um, this will come out on Monday, today's Friday. But I just wanted to give a little, little bit of a background for some of our members or most of our members, specifically on the cow-calf side or stalker side that maybe haven't been down to San Diego to see what this meeting is all about. So you guys have been to a few feeder meetings. What is kind of the purpose of feeder meeting? Who comes to it? What happens when we all talk about coming down to San Diego? Yeah, I think getting all the feeders together and tackling uh, some of the issues that we focus on and what we face in our industry as a whole, we'd like to we'd like to invite everybody to come down. It's there's a lot of information. We spend a lot of time putting the meeting together, putting it on. This is not something that just happens overnight. We we plan this meeting for for months in advance, trying to get people to come in that are relevant to what's going on currently in the in the industry as a whole. Yes, I think Trevor summed it up very well. Trevor and I got involved to organizing this meeting. In the United States, there's some great, great meetings, uh, but but the meetings are more tailored for other segments of the industry. It's hard to get people that do commodities or fat cattle or or even uh, equipment handling. And so we, we saw the need to make something more feeder-specific. And also we wanted to get everybody together from major packers, regional packers, small feeders, large feeders, and also, you know, our, our, our brothers from the pharmaceutical industry to join us. I feel that we have uh, really excelled uh, bringing in top-level speakers. As Trevor said, this is a very large task that you know, we take about, I say, 60 days off, and then we, we already start chattering, hey, did you read the article on this? Or this will be a great topic for next year. And we start seeing which speakers we need RSVP for next year ahead of time. We can't. We don't pick up the phone, you know, 30 days before and say, hey, would you talk to us on this? Uh, and, and the difficult part also is we might think of a topic, uh, let's say, in August, but it's already dwindled by the time Peter Mayne gets here. But at the same time, you know, we might come out and March or April, an issue comes up and it's a firestorm and everybody's like, you need to have so-and-so in San Diego. Bring them in. 
And it's not as easy as, you know, just driving a truck to their house and picking them up and bringing them over here. And there's a lot of moving parts that go into it. We're very fortunate because Trevor and I, uh, our business relationship has turned into a great friendship. But we have to because we we speak so much and we put a lot of effort and a lot of planning on this. And I and it really, really shows. Matter of fact, a lot of the comments coming back to me after this feeder meeting, Jesse, again, you know, top-level meeting, one of the best in the United States. Uh, I love everybody that comes here. But now, you know, it, it, it's in a transition spot. Now these issues that are feeder-related are falling over to the ranchers. You know, I always said, you know, if a feeder has $100 less to spend, we're going to spend less for calves. So uh, issue at the packing house. They pay less for us, then that's less for us to buy calves. And I think this past two years have been very difficult in our industry, very stressful with the price discovery issue. So like Trevor said, we will you know definitely expand. Matter of fact, if we need to come up with another name, maybe not feeder meeting, uh, but yeah, this meeting is so full of information that we, we invite uh, all segments of the industry. It's really not just California. There's people from Arizona here. We had an update yesterday from someone in Mexico and someone from Brazil. Going off of what we talked about yesterday, I know I just said there was tons of presentations, but was there one that you thought stood out that you'd like to share about with others that weren't here? Yeah, I think um, some of the topics that covered covered feed stuff because the, the markets are just so volatile worldwide right now. We have guys, this is not, everything is a worldwide market now. You know, we, we have people talking about what's going on in the Ukraine. It's obviously become a big issue domestically, you know, what things are looking like with the drought and the crop crop situation in our country and what's going on in South America. So you almost have to bring in those international speakers to cover what's going on in those regions, the experts. We heard from the gentleman from Brazil talk about USDA numbers versus their numbers as far as the cattle number, the, the whole cattle herd, is it's off by like 60 million head. I mean, stuff like that. We've got to know that kind of stuff to make market decisions and try to get ahead of what's really going on in the world. And as we were sitting in the meeting, I think news came out yesterday about you know, India banning exports of, of wheat in their country. It's it's a lot of lot of moving parts right now in the feed and feeding industry as in regards to what's going on worldwide. And that has a lot to do with Ukraine. Yeah, yeah. I think the the markets definitely it was a, a big up with Ukraine with what happened there. And you know, we've got some relief here in the past few days on on the corn side, but I think the volatility is is it's not going away anytime soon. So Hearing from people all over the world with what the presenter from Rabobank had to say about, you know, what their position was, wasn't what we wanted to hear, but it's it's the truth at the end of the day. Yeah, we're going to hear from Dwayne Lentz a little bit yeah. later this morning. And Dwayne from Cattle Facts doesn't always tell us what we want to hear, but it's better to know it, I feel like. But we did have some positive speakers and some that were a little more fun. We had Jess Priles here. Um, Jess is known as the hardcore carnivore. She sells recipes and seasonings. Um, and she was talking about social media. So it, it is a nice mix. It's yeah. not all doom and gloom. Jesse, was there something else that you kind of stood out to you from yesterday? You know, one thing is I, the camaraderie, the, the, the socializing, everybody coming together, being so happy back in the room. It's like we were, we were like a bunch of kids being locked up uh, in our room for, for two years, and now we get to go out and everything coming back to normal. That was great. But, you know, 
like Trevor mentioned, the international effect. We had speakers from Mexico and speakers from Brazil. And the thing that stood out to me really is their issues. We're so aligned. I mean, it's like, wait, we, we, we have that issue too. So we have to know what's going on on the other side of the world. We have to understand how we're going to tackle the issues, not just California, not just the United States, but as a worldwide industry. And, and it was good hearing from Brazil and Mexico. It was great to hear the partnership. Uh, Brazil with the packing industry is jointly tackling with carbon credits. Uh, but at the same time, you know, uh, we had JBS uh, talk about their investments in two communities. But, you know, they also, uh, JBS invested into two universities, pretty big. So you see the investments. Uh, Jess Priles knocked it out of the ballpark. Come on, everybody has a smartphone now. Everybody goes on social media. And, and it's like looking in the mirror. You know, we think we look good until somebody says, hey, your hair's crooked or, you know, something's wrong with you. And you're like, wow. And it's good to, to have someone like Jess that is a master in, in not just barbecue, but, you know, how she addresses social issues, you know, or, or social media and how she touches or interacts with, with our consumers. Jess Pryles also sat down with me yesterday, so she'll be on a future podcast. Back to Brazil, though, I did have a question. I feel like in the media right now, I see a lot of things about Brazil and how bad their beef industry is and how they're raising the rainforest. Yeah, he did touch on that. It sounded like that's what we call fake news, I guess, these days. He he had some very good graphics in his presentation about exactly about what's going on there, what the cropland looks like, what the grazing land looks like in that country. I learned something because I had no idea that's what it looks like. It's kind of the same thing here as people have this idea that half the United States or something like that crazy is used for corn to feed livestock. And it's they have the same issue down there where there's just this push about, you know, the rainforest situation. And it's it's just not not what I saw yesterday. I was blown away. I, I think the other thing that came out of Brazil that was very eye-opening, uh, supply chain disruptions. And the other word that brought up frustration was China. They said, we have to do something to address China. Yeah, hey, we're, we're there with you. It's a country on this side of the world, but we still share on, on the issues. The ripple effects are getting faster and faster, I feel like, as we get closer and closer. One other presentation, I think Colin Woodall from NCBA was here, and Dr. Simmons, the chief veterinarian for NCBA, was also here. As far as what NCBA is working on for feeders that stood out, what did you hear from those two? Colin being here was very important uh, because we just went to two years that our industry, I believe, uh, is got very fragmented. And it really pitted a lot of uh, segments, one against the other, north against the south. And, and at the end of it all, um, you know, we're a family. We're all together. It's important that we all start coming back together and start having a unified voice. And, and Colin was important on that. The other speaker that I really enjoyed is Waste Smalls. Waste Smalls with agri-beef. We had an oversupply and not enough uh, rail space, hook space. He talked about, you know, the packing industry. One thing that come up in the side conversations is freight costs. Freight is killing every level of the industry. It's adding so many costs. You know, before you could you could ship calves from California to anywhere in the U.S. and now you're 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 having a hard time because freight costs so much. 
at the same time, live cattle or fat cattle, uh, same thing. So we're, we're having this freight cost putting up a barrier, a fence, and a lot of things are going to become regional. In California, we're going to have to learn uh, the packing industry to be more limited uh, on supplies. So we're, it's going to be more regional. So the southwest is going to be a region versus northwest, and the northwest can't take cattle from the southwest because the freight cost is going to... So that was very impactful, and, and uh, seeing where the packers uh, are coming up, where the new plants are coming up. A lot of new plants coming up in Idaho, uh, a lot of investments going on there. And then, uh, you know, at the end of the day, Wade also wrapped up the other issue that we, we've seen it coming, and it's been transitioning, but he brought it up very good that we still are learning, uh, which is beef on dairy. Now, when beef, we don't, if you don't know beef on dairy, I don't think you, you've been current on the issues. It's been here. We know it. The dairymen, the calf ranches, uh, working with the feeders, working with the packers, uh, they're producing even a better product now. We were talking a little bit about, Trevor, about the rail delays. Just what's a quick summary of that for people who don't know what's um, happening with the rail delays and what's the impact going to be on the industry? Yeah, so here in the last six months for sure, and, and longer than that actually, but um, the last six months has been really bad as far as um, feed deliveries from the Midwest coming out to California in both the, the Imperial Valley and, and Central Valley. We've all been struggling. Um, at times it's been literally within hours of running out of corn in either the Imperial Valley or the Central Valley. Um, it's changed the way we've all started operating, stockpiling corn like we've never seen. Um, we've had high-level meetings with state officials probably going to push to go to the federal level. It's, it's a difficult issue because at the end of the day, Union Pacific is a, you know, it, it's a private company in the day. We can't, there's not much we can do about it. We hear of delays of two weeks. I, I just got off the phone on my way down here with uh, one of my feed salesmen. They have a whole unit car sitting in Barstow, California that's not moved. And it, it's a constant backup of two weeks or more. Scheduling is a nightmare. The mills are really, really having a hard time and they're having, you know, and it doesn't matter if you have corn contracted, ordered, they're not getting a whole lot of communication from either Union Pacific and now I think BNSF's in the same boat. Um, neither, none of it's good. And, and it all stems back to labor issues um, going all, it's another one of those COVID effects that's going back to primarily what we're learning is just labor issues possibly some locomotive issues with locomotives being put out of service, maybe due to carb regulations, something like along those lines, but mainly um, mainly a labor issue. Hours, hours. I, I know of cattle feeders in Pro Valley that they come so close that they have to call other feeders and say, can I borrow corn because I am running out. We're constantly on, on long meetings fighting for issues for, for, for cattle feeders. And a lot of times, you know, the, the, the state, the people involved in making decisions, well, just stockpile more. Well, okay. Well, how many million dollars do you think I have to go put a big old pile of corn out there? Equity management uh, is crucial. To the rancher that listens to the podcast, that train being in Barstow, not moving, it also affects you. It moves your industry. It's very crucial that we solve this. And just like everything, the frustration is just like that train. You know, you, it takes a while to, to come to, to a halt. But at the same time, it takes a longer while to get it going again. And we don't have that much time. 
So when we go to the federal level, what can you ask? So I don't completely understand what they can do yet, but at one point they were actually able to, I don't know, levy fines. Um, there was some regulatory action at one point that I pretty sure could have been taken. I think that went away in the 1980s from what I understand. Um, I'm not 100% certain, but that's some of the stuff I've heard from guys that are in, in the know on the rail, chalking to the mills that are really in the know on how the rail system works. This issue is started with our industry because at the end of the day, they will, they'll go to other outlets that where the money's at as far as moving freight. They'll move a different type of freight. We're kind of, you know, low man on the totem pole when it comes to, to moving freight. You're, you're starting to hear things in other segments, fuel deliveries. I know there's some stuff going around on social media about fuel being moved around. Um, I believe the CEO of Pilot Corporation talking about fuel deliveries, their issue with diesel exhaust fluid with DEF that every diesel engine now pretty much runs on in this country. You're starting to see stuff on the radar in other segments that maybe when when that starts happening, people are going to realize how bad the issue really is. When that starts happening to uh, general freight, as far as stuff moving in and out of ports, it, it's gonna it, it'll get people's attention then. Right now, everybody's focused on the cost of everything going up. Yes, but whenever the costs go up so much, and they go, how come the shelves are half empty? Well, it costs too much to produce. Cattle feeders, cattle ranchers, we can only bleed so much. And then we start cutting back. Well, when we start cutting back, then supply starts going down. And then when people go to the grocery store and say, oh, my God, there's less options or the, the shelves are empty, just like the, the infant powder milk issue. You know, um, everybody was shocked. Whenever it starts affecting the total food supply, you know, that's one thing that we all do. We, we all eat. And whenever you start raising the cost of our food supply, that family of four is going to have less food on their table. We get frustrated because why do we have to come to that point? Come on. We're businessmen. We're humans. Let's sit down and hammer it out. I want to thank you guys just for your leadership and for taking the time. I know you both spend a lot of time on the phone and a lot of time on conference calls, um, even just planning this. I know it takes a lot of time out of your day. And Jodian Cameron um, from the Imperial, Imperial Valley is coming up today as the new chair. Um, so thank you to you as well, Jodian. I think that's it for today. You yeah. Thanks for having us, Katie. I appreciate the staff's hard work putting the, putting the feeder media on and everything you guys do. You guys do a great job. And, 